Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. I remember when I was being called to make a move from plastic Jesus to the real Jesus, and, and it was such an incredible experience because I knew that this, this person I was hearing about, this man that I was meeting, he wanted to kill me. He didn't want to let me live my life my own way any longer. He wanted me to give him my whole life and to die to myself and to let him live through me. And for me, that was very... Uh, very real, very unplastic, and very, very costly. And I struggled hard with the decision, do I, do I want to live my life and be my own boss and guide, or do I, do I want to risk my whole future on this person called Jesus? Um, I love what Martin Luther said. He said, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. And I would totally agree. And beyond this kind of an emptiness, uh, beyond religion itself, there is an encounter with a real and living being who is the Son of God and who confronts each one of us with this call to leave our old life behind and to enter into his life. So I want you to to understand today is, is going to be a very important day for many of you because today I'm asking you, to leave behind the delusion of, of plastic, to leave behind perhaps uh, the fear of non-commitment, to, to leave behind the, the denial of brokenness, to leave behind the fear of what if I give my life. And at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to stand up and to cross a line and to give your life to Jesus and to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. It's beyond religion, it's beyond church, it's beyond Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, or anything else. This is all about the purpose of Jesus' life. Jesus said something very, very scary in Matthew 7, 13 through 14. And as your shepherd, I am not only obligated, you know, to to share this uh, with you, um, but I'm praying today that that you you and I would all wake up and hear the, the seriousness of this warning. You know, if, if on 9-10 before 9-11, if we could have had the plans of what was going to happen, things would have been very, very different. If before Pearl Harbor, um, December 5th, we could have known what was going to happen that next day, then we could have acted differently and had a very different outcome. Jesus today is telling us a reality Uh, of an impending catastrophe so that each one of us here can avoid it. And he said in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to, what's that next word? Destruction. Destruction. Now, again, please, not in one ear and out the other. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And he's telling us that that destruction is imminent. 
and that most people are going to experience it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Oh my gosh. Now, now this is not what Jesus wants to happen. It is what will happen if we don't listen to what he has to say. So if we listen to what he has to say, then, then we can avoid it. It's like when, when Jonah was preaching to Nineveh. He just walked through this city and he said, 40 days and the city will perish. Well, why would God send Jonah to say that? So that it wouldn't perish. <laughs> and it didn't. And in the same way, Jesus has sent his word to our hearts and our lives so that we, can, that we can avoid the catastrophe, the destruction that's coming in eternity. You see, receiving Jesus is the starting line of life. It, it doesn't start really um, when you, know, you graduate from high school. It doesn't start when you're married. It doesn't start when you get your first paycheck. It doesn't start when you begin to uh, gather the, uh, you know, the promotions that you want. It doesn't start when you when you began to get more money, the starting line of life is when you make the choice to give up your life and to receive Jesus Christ as your, your own personal Lord and Savior. And if we want to be saved, have eternal life, then, then we have to start following Jesus into a changed life. It can't be religion. Um, it can't be you in charge. Uh, it can't be arrogance, it can't be pride, it can't be, um, you know, continuation of broken. It has to be change. It has to be God literally coming inside of us and rearranging priorities. God literally, uh, you know, plugging leaks in our, in our heart. God literally filling us up with himself. And, and, I'm, and I'm serious. Guys, we have to make up our mind what we believe about the message of the Bible and what ultimate reality is. The simple truth is that one day somebody's going to preach your funeral um, and, and you're not going to be there. I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, I pray that that's a long, long time away. After the last service, a, a man came up and, and just shared with me. He said, you know what? Um, you know, a, a relative of mine just got married two weeks ago and they're planning their whole life together, and, and two days ago she woke up with a headache, and now she's in shock trauma with an aneurysm fighting for her life. That's the nature of a world that's gone haywire. That's the nature of a world that is disconnected from the life and plan and purpose of God. You're going to die. And after you die, that's not the worst. The worst is that if you do not have a, a saving personal relationship with Jesus, you're going to die a second time and spend eternity without love, life, hope, relationship, peace, joy, or anything else that God is. And listen carefully, please. It's not God that sends us to hell. It is our own free will, our own choice. You can't make somebody love you. That's called kidnapping, <laughs> you know? Any of y'all ever been stalked in middle school or high school or beyond? You know, uh, I'm not gonna ask you stalkers to raise your hands, you know, because, you know. But the point is, you know, you can't make someone love you. 
I call it the theology of the obvious. And, and it's like the, the, the girl that you want to go to the prom with you and you call her and ask her if she'll go to the prom with you but she won't pick up the phone. And so you call her to ask her to go to the prom with you because you want her to go to the prom but she won't pick up the phone but you want her to go to the prom. So you call her and, 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 and you're trying and, and you keep calling and you keep calling because you really want her to go to the prom with you but you got your answer. God gives us a free will, and, and the truth is, God refuses to violate your free will. If you choose not to love him, if you choose not to want to be with him, to be his son or his daughter, God will honor your choice. But everyone who goes to hell will go to hell stepping over the cross of a Christ being crucified. And although we may deceive ourselves as the man in the, uh, the video did, and we may think, oh, I'm fine, I'm religious, I, I, my parents were Catholic, I, 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 you know, I did something when I was a little child, or, or I've always been a part of a church, and I'm fine. The, the reality is, unless Jesus has done a heart and life exchange, and you are different than you were before, and he's continually in charge of your life, you and I are choosing not to be saved. We're walking the broad and the easy way that leads to destruction. You see, receiving Jesus is the starting line of life. And when I say receiving him, I mean just that. I mean it's just like welcoming him in. In Luke 5, 27, Jesus, the scripture says, went out and saw and what Jesus did for Levi in this story is what he's done in each of our lives. He's gone out of his way, uh, out into you know, the, the roads of, of, of the world uh, in, in Bethlehem and Judea and, and into the streets that you and I live, and he has seen our need and our hurt, and he's called us knowing our name. In this case, he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth, and he said, hey, Levi, you follow me. That's not religion, it's not church, it's not denomination, it's you and Jesus in a life-changing personal encounter and, and now destiny is different. Who has a right to say such things? Well, the crazy do, and I guess the arrogant do, but Jesus was neither crazy nor arrogant. He was the Son of God. And in John 14, 6, he clarified why it was right for us to, to respond. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In a syncretistic world, we, we have this idea that all paths lead to the same top of the mountain. And, and while that sounds good, uh, it's just simply not so. Jesus said there's only one path, and it is the path of my life given on the cross. And it is the path of God's love overcoming death and, and raising life. That's the only way. Jesus put it this way in, John, in, um, in Luke 17, 33. This is, this is a summation of our whole, 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 whole life. He said, if you cling to your life, 
If you keep control, if you hold on to it, if you demand to do things your way, if you pursue what you want, if you decide to fulfill your own needs, um, you know, needs, financial, sexual, um, you know, uh, material, if, if you make your life about what you think and what you want, you're going to lose your life. But on the other hand, if you let go of your life, and this is scary, and it is it's, it takes faith, but if you let go of your life, you will save it. I want to redeem the term saved because we all know what it means to be lost, right? I mean, to be lost means that you're someplace um, in a bad place and, and you still may know where you want to go, although uh, men have a great talent for being lost and not admitting it. It's true. Some of the greatest fights that Marsha and I ever, ever had were, were back in the pre-GPS days. Thank you, God, for GPS. <laughs> regarding maps. And we'd be traveling through some small place like New York City. And I would hand her a map and I would say, Marsha, do I turn right or left up here? And she's turning the map this way and this way and flat and, um, you know. And then I increasingly, in my logical mind, get all the more, because guys, when you get louder, it helps explain things, <laughs> right? And, and, and there are times when you're lost and you don't know it. There are times where you're lost and you do know it. Some of you here are lost today and you don't know it. You're, you think you're fine. And you're identifying with something your parents did. You're identifying with something you did as a child. You're identifying with being some denominational. And, and you're not fine if you've never had a life-changing personal encounter with Jesus. And since that day, your life has every day been based on Jesus. You're not fine. Some of you here are lost and you know it. Life is broken. It's not working. It's spiraling down. Your relationships are hemorrhaging and you're frantic, and you don't know what to do. Well, I can point you in the direction that will change everything. It's Jesus. And today I want to share with you the four biggest barriers to eternal life. Here's what's going to happen. You and I will live a few more years. Um, you know, I... I People sometimes joke and say, well, Pastor Drew, you know, you're at midlife. It's like, no, I'm not living to 108. <laughs> I'm well past midlife, and I'm excited about it. I'm a week closer to eternity than I was last week. Awesome. But in a very short period of time, what Jesus said in, in Matthew 7, 13 is going to come to pass, that we're going to die, and we will all be gathered together in the presence of God Almighty, and then God will begin to separate those who walked the wide self-guided path from those who encountered Jesus and chose love. There are four barriers that will have tripped up and kept um, uh, most people out of heaven for all of eternity. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about what these four barriers are because one of these four barriers is keeping you from life. One of these four barriers is, is hindering your, your well-being. One of these four, bar four barriers is the biggest threat to you. It is a bigger threat to you than if you were in the upper floor of the World Trade Center. I'm telling you with all my heart, it is a bigger threat to you than an airplane um, could ever be. Because when you know Jesus and you die physically, you're okay. But if you don't know Jesus... 
and you breathe your last having rejected relationship with, with him, you have significant eternal problems. What are the barriers? The first barrier is, is rejecting love. Maybe, maybe it's not believing that we're passionately and personally loved by God. And that is the biggest lie from hell that there ever could be. I know that we live in a broken world. Satan wants to say that's God's fault. If God were love, how could? And then he fills in the blank with some tragedy. And you need to know this about Satan. He is the biggest propagandist there ever was. He attributes to God all of his own work that we would reject God when we should be rejecting him. And some of you who are rebels, you need to do what I did. I decided I, as a rebel, I was just going to rebel against the person trying to kill me versus the person trying to save me. So rebel against hell instead of love. But this barrier of not believing that God personally knows my name, that he loves me, that he cares about me, is a huge barrier. The reality is that God does love you. And he is inviting you into a life-changing personal relationship with him that is way beyond religion. This is for life. And it's you and Jesus for life. And every step of the way, it will be follow me. That's what Jesus will say. There'll always be a way forward. There'll always be a way through. There'll always be hope. There'll always be an answer. And it will always be found in the person of Jesus. John 3.16 is a familiar verse that has become too familiar. We need, to, we need to just stand back and hear it echoing for all of eternity throughout the universe. For God so loved the world with passion, with, with, with heart, with, with just desire that he gave. And he gave what was most precious and most personal and most close in relationship to him, he gave his one and only son. That out of this gift, whoever would believe in faith, whoever would believe in him, in Jesus, not in church, not in religion, not in, in a person, in Jesus, would not perish but have eternal life. Some of us hear this message of perishing and, and, and we're just fine. It, it means nothing to us. We are like the people on the Titanic. Yeah, for the moment, life is fine, but it's not gonna be. And before it's too late, I, I want to warn you that you can change course. We can get off that ship and onto another that will navigate safely home. Scripture goes on to say, for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. This is not God's uh, heart and attitude to be a, a condemning God, but to save the world through him. And it's all about faith. It's not about feeling. It's all about whole life faith that's real, that translates from the heart into life. Because all love that's real always translates. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And then Jesus says something very offensive in the last part because he's not a safe or a tame or a, a milquetoast savior. He said, here's the verdict, here's the reality. That light came into the world, but men loved darkness more than they loved light because their deeds were evil, because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Do you believe in love?
do you believe that you are loved? In spite of all the pain and hurt in your life, do you believe that, that, that the, the originator of existence, that the mystery behind the beginning, that the God of the universe created you on purpose and in spite of the, the insanity of a world that chose not to walk with him and the chaos that came into being, that that God re-engaged and sent his son back into the battle and he died to prove love for you. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord has appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. The scripture also says in 2 Corinthians 4.4 that the God of this age has blinded the minds of, of, of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of, of the glory of Christ. So here's the, here's the eternal warfare that's happening. Those of you who work at NSA and other places, you know about uh, struggles behind the scenes. Here's the cosmic struggle behind the scene. One force of darkness that through unbelief is able to blind and completely keep you from seeing what is right in front of your face. The other force of light that, that heals blindness by faith and when we choose to believe beyond what we feel, there is a power that completely overcomes and overshadows all the darkness and it all hinges on the choice to believe. Guys, we have been given full evidence of love. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This isn't an abstract, it's not a theory. Jesus bled and died to prove the depths of his love. And I pray for you that Jesus is not a stained glass figure that, that, that him being beaten by the Praetorian guards, I, I, I pray that by your own imagination you could just be there and watch him take the blows as a man and not strike back. It's one thing to, to be beaten when you have no choice. It's another thing to be beaten when with the flick of your finger you could destroy everyone around you. You have the power. But the power on display as Jesus bled for you and I and bore the cross for you and I and had nails placed through his his palms for you and I, the power that was displayed was the power of love. Don't let Satan lie to you and lead you to stay distant from, from committing to Christ because you don't believe you're loved. The second barrier that will keep many, many people out of, of heaven and eternity is denying sin. And it's underestimating the seriousness of our sin problem. And, and, and this uh, really kind of is caricatured on two ends of the pendulum. One is that, uh, you know, um, I'm a self-made person. Uh, I, I don't have any problems. My life is fine. And you're the bootstraps kind of person that, that you know, I got this. And, uh, and, and you don't see any problems. But you're also kind of the person that, whose car could be driving off the cliff and, and you're still kind of steering the wheel, you know? The other end of that is the person who recognizes their problems and, and, and their pain, and, and they know that things are, are bad and broken. In fact, on this end of the spectrum, things can be so bad and so broken that it's hopeless. But, but the reason why we have a, a sin problem is that, that we are, we're separated from, from God. 
Imagine, uh, imagine a five-month-old uh, fetus being separated from its mother's womb. That is a, a horrible scenario of, of lifelessness. But it's, but it's less horrible than what is happening every day on planet Earth as you and I are separated from our connection to the Father who created us. And chaos and brokenness and, and, and literally what our experience on earth is really an analogous to. It's like, it's like holding your breath 100 feet underwater. If you just woke up right now and you're 100 feet underwater um, with, with chains around your feet holding your breath, yes, you're going to live for a few moments. But cut off from how you were created to be to breathe air, you are going to die. And if you stretch that scenario out just a little bit, that's where you and I are right now. We are sinful and separated from God by our sin. And it is not the case that when we die, that our, if our good works outweigh our bad works, we'll go to heaven. A single sin separates us from the holiness of God forever. The scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have and you have, we all have. And, and Romans 6.23 explains to us why that's so significant because the wages of sin is death. That separation from, from our created purpose um, means that, that we cannot exist apart from God. We are going to die. You know, we're, we uh, make sense of the, the insanity and we make our way through life, but Proverbs 14.12 says that there's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end... And, and did you ever notice how the Bible talks about the end game so much? It's because the finish line is, is really all that matters in a race. In the end, it leads to death when you do what you think is right. Isaiah 64, 6 says, all of us have become like one who's unclean. And in, in Jewish life, that means you were excluded from the community, you were outside of life, you were, you were cast out into the desert to die. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. I don't want any hands raised. Anybody here ever done, done something stupid? No hands raised. <laughs> Have you ever known the right thing to do and chosen the wrong thing anyway? Have you ever been doing something stupid and the whole time you're saying, I don't want to be doing this? You know? But it's like there's this magnet pulling you on. That's the power of sin. For those of you who say, well, I'm, I'm not a sinner. The sin barrier will keep you from Jesus and you will die and you will go to hell forever. That's just all there is to it. If you, and, and, and what you're doing when you're saying that is you're, you have no basis of comparison. You know, um, th there's a difference between clean in, uh, in, in you know, the sink in my bathroom and clean in an operating room. And you don't want clean in my you know, the sink in my bathroom to be the standard for your next surgery. Do you? I clean the bathroom. <laughs> but you see, well, there's clean and then there's clean. The one clean will kill you. The other clean will save your life. One son was struggling with his mom about this and, and uh, said, well, I'm, you know, just, uh, there's just a, a few little tiny things in my li life that are wrong and it's no big deal. And so the mom um, made some brownies and she put a, just a little bit of dog poo in the brownies. Just a little bit. And then she offered the just a little bit wrong 
to the young man and said, here are some brownies with just a little bit of dog poo mixed all the way through. Eat up. He didn't. <laughs> and in a way that's far more serious, a single sin on our part corrupts, contaminates, pollutes, infects, degrades, destroys our whole life like a single virus getting inside of us that begins to multiply until we are finally dead. Don't let the barrier of denying or minimizing your sin keep you from faith in Jesus who covers and forgives your sin. The third barrier uh, that will keep people from, from eternal life with Jesus is a huge one. And this is one where we simply are downplaying and minimizing Christ. And it's like, oh, it's, just, it's no big deal. There's, there's Jesus and another religious figure. We have other religious figures in the world. There's, there's Buddha, there's Muhammad, there's, there's all kinds of religious teachers. So he is one of them. I understand that in some sense this is offensive and, and this is not American culture. This is the claims of the scripture. Ultimately, competing truth claims cannot be uh, true. Ultimately, something, you know, you, you cannot say that all colors are the same. They are not. And, and Jesus did not say, I am one way among many. He said, I am the way. He didn't say there are other ways to life. He said, I am the life. He didn't say truth can be found in many paths. He said, I am the truth with a capital T. In fact, he said, just so that you all get it, no one can come to the Father and have the gift of heaven except if they come through faith in me. And downplaying Jesus as the Son of God sent to save is a, an enormous mistake. It will keep you from eternal life. Jesus Christ is our only bridge to life. Jesus is the biggest thing that's ever happened on planet earth. And yet we reduce uh, Jesus' name to a curse word. Nobody curses with Buddha. They don't. Nobody curses, you know, with, with any of the Eastern religions. Nobody curses, curses with Muhammad. Nobody curses with any of the Indian religions. Why? It's Jesus. Why? Because there's power to his name, and hell knows that. And, and hell's whole ambition and agenda is to get Jesus to become plastic, safe, minimized, marginalized, not the center, not the most important thing that's ever happened in human history. But Jesus died to pay for all our sins and to give us an eternal life that starts here and now as God's free gift. Free is good. <laughs> John 1.34 says, I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. Jesus is not just another rel religious teacher. He is the Son of the living God, and that's the most important thing I can tell you about Jesus. His name deserves awe and respect. It should never be taken in vain. He is the center of all reality. He is holding every electron uh, around every atom. He is holding every molecule in the universe together. It is the power of Jesus that, that, that holds all things, the scripture says, and will bring all things together in the end. Jesus is the center. John uh, 1 John 4.14 says, And we have seen and testify, we're giving you evidence that you can believe or not, John says, that the Father, the God who is the, the God of the night sky that you see when you look out on a, on a summer night or, 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 or a cold winter, you know, the, the clarity then, the God who created all that, that Father has sent His Son 
Not to be an example or a teacher, but to be the savior of the world. And as the people on the Titanic, if you were to offer them a lifeboat while things are fine, most would not have chosen it. But when the ship had sunk, if you'd offered them a lifeboat, most would take it. Jesus is our Savior. And the Father has told us that the, the, the ship of this world is going to sink, and He's inviting us out of it, and we have to choose before we die. Romans 6.23 says, And the wages of sin is death, but the second half of that verse is the joy. It's the key when it says, But the gift of God is eternal life. We have a gift. It's not a question of getting to, to heaven and, and, oh, I'm just good enough. I just squeaked in. No, no, no. It's God did it all. He paid for it all when his blood was shed on the cross. 1 John 4.10 says that, that he became an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That something in the balance scales of all eternity happened that, that, that all of God's Demand for justice, all the payment of sin was paid for as Jesus bled and suffered and died. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What awesome news. <laughs> and Revelation 1.5 says, just it's praising God, it says, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Guys, you don't have to live the rest of your life tied down by you. You don't have to live the rest of your life sad. You don't have to live the rest of your life down and broken and under and beneath and not enough and angry and mad and wounded. You can be free. But you have to break through the barrier of minimizing Jesus. And Jesus has to grow and become big and he has to become the centerpiece of your existence. The last barrier is rejecting commitment. Because you see, we must each individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior, that means the forgiver of our sins, and Lord, that means the leader of our lives. Each of us individually has to do this. This isn't groupthink. This isn't my mom did it for me. This isn't uh, I took communion. This isn't anything but you and Jesus one-on-one -on -one and you saying yes to love. Because Jesus will not overpower you, and if you do not want him, he will honor that decision. In this barrier, it's refusing to take the gift of salvation seriously. It's, it's refusing to make the hard choice to give Jesus control of your life. It's, it's saying, well, I don't want to be embarrassed, and I'm more concerned about other people's opinions. I can remember literally um, in, in sitting in my seat struggling to say, well, you know what? I don't want to get up and have people look at me. And, and Jesus is saying, um, I bled and died as people not only looked at me, but made fun of me. And you're unwilling to stand and walk for me? And my honest answer was yes. <laughs> and I struggled. And, and I wanted control of my life. And I wanted what I wanted. And, and, and I, I, I wanted what this world had to offer. But yet, the insanity of it, I could see through its brokenness and its emptiness. And, and so I can remember making the decision to say, you know what, in my own life, I, I'm not going to stay with me in control. I am going to break through and, and I'm going to trust and I'm going to commit my life to Jesus so that from this point forward, everything changes. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
Jesus is going to give you the rights to become the child of God. It's his gift. Uh, in John 3, 3, Jesus described this to a religious person and said, all your life you've bathed yourself in religious and ritual and, and, and spiritual culture. But what you don't understand is that when you, when you have a real relationship with God that isn't plastic, when you, when you trust God by believing in me, everything changes. In fact, you have to be born again, John 3, 3 says. You can never see the kingdom of God unless you are born again, unless everything so changes in your life that everything becomes new and the rest of your life is learning and growing with God as your father. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 makes it clear that this whole thing is God's gift for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not from works so that you, you can never brag or boast about it. But you have to commit. In Revelation 3, 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them. And so I tell you today, Jesus is standing at the door of heart after heart and life after life. And he's been knocking for years, but today he is knocking loudly. And today it's time for you to cross the starting line. So what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment is in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to make, uh, we're not going to make this easy for you, all right? You're going to have to make a decision, um, and, and, and we're going to show you how much we approve of that decision, because when you make this decision, we are going to stand, and we're going to clap, and we're going to cheer for you, because that's what the angels in heaven do when anybody believes in Jesus. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to, to come forward and to cross this starting line of faith, and to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to cheer for you. I'm going to ask you to stand here and stay here at the front um, uh, while we sing. And every time someone else comes forward, we're going, to, we're going to clap and cheer for them too. And I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to have this happening during the whole next song that we sing as you cross the starting line of life, believing in Jesus. And then uh, we're going to just ask you to pray a life-changing prayer of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at the end and, and give us just a moment to, to give you a card so that we, can, that we can continue to pray and connect with you. But right now, everything depends on your choice to stay stuck or to break through. Right now, everything depends on your choice to break through and to believe that you are eternally loved by God. <laughs> to break through and believe with all of your heart that God forgives sin and will forgive your sin to break through and to believe with all of your heart that Jesus is the answer. And to break through, to commit your life to Christ. So in the name of Jesus, if you want to go to heaven and not to hell, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want a personal relationship with Jesus, come forward now. Cross the starting line. Stay here at the front. Stay here at the front. Cross over and stay and we will pray in a moment. You keep coming. You keep responding as God leads.
So I'm going to ask you not to trip over that last barrier of being hesitant or afraid to commit. I'm going to give you one last chance. If you would like to come forward and to, to pray this, this prayer that I prayed years ago that has changed my life. These are not magic words, but if this prayer expresses the desires of your heart, it changes your eternal destiny. Everything changes from this point forward. This is the starting line of life. Amen? Amen. So I want you to come forward if you'd like to and join us here. And after we pray this prayer, I'm going to ask if you would, um, any of you who pray this prayer, any of you, please just take this card and, and just give us just a couple of pieces of information. if I can get through this. We're just going to pray this prayer together. And this is not, again, these are not magic words. It's the desire. It's the faith in your heart. This is a moment where all of eternity changes, where all of destiny changes. So in support of, of them, I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer out loud together. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the, the, the first line, and then I'm going to just ask you to repeat out loud together. And if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, then welcome to eternal life. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and my Lord. I commit to follow you for life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me the free gift of eternal life. Take full control of my life and make me the person you created me to be. All right, guys, I'm going to pray in just a second, but I'm going to ask you, after we dismiss, just to stay around long enough just to, to fill out the card so that we can walk with you and, and pray with you and just so that we can make some new friends. Um, guys, let's just praise God.
So, Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for loving so much that you just didn't sit back and watch suffering, that you did something. God, you entered into the midst of it. You, you took on suffering and overcame it through suffering. You took on death and beat it by dying. Thank you that now there is life in every family, hope for every marriage. Father, thank you now that there is courage for every school child. Thank you now, Lord, that there is, there is friendship for every lonely person. Thank you now, Lord, that there is hope. God, I pray two things. I pray for these who have just received you. I pray, God, that, that you would just help them to just grow like Father, like wildfire and, and rise up and just answer the, the purpose of their creation. God, use them to change the world. And God, I pray that we as a church would be excited about our Savior, committed to his cause, and Father, that we would take our faith to work, home, to school, out on the road into a broken world. We pray this in Jesus' name as all God's, say, all God's people say, amen, amen. Let's praise God. You are dismissed. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.